and welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Vogelman. I had a chance to chat with Scott Schwartz over the summer. We discussed his two biggest roles, Flick in A Christmas Story and Eric Bates in The Toy. Since this was recorded in the summer, we didn't talk about Fox's live production of A Christmas Story. Scott, this week, did post a few thoughts about it on his Facebook page. I did not watch it, so I won't comment on it. But we did discuss both his roles, what he's up to these days, and here's my conversation with Scott. And helping me relive my youth today is Scott Schwartz. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Ah, doing great. Like you said before, walking and talking, right? That's it. Yeah. So before we, you know, get into your roles, uh, what are you up to these days? for a lot of celebrities for autograph shows, memorabilia signings, stuff like that, uh, uh, buying some memorabilia. Uh, I'm also the president of a minor consideration for child labor laws, uh, you know, for, for, I think, kids in the industry, but it's really current, past, and future. Uh, you know, we, we try and help them if they have issues, problems, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we um, we spoke with Allison Arngrim a couple weeks ago, and I see that she's uh, part of your board for a minor consideration. Allison's great. Yeah, she she Allison, was a great interview. Uh, one of the geniuses of the group. That's great. Yeah, and I love that um, web show she did, Life Interrupted. It was a really good show. I hope that uh, gets picked up. So um, you also have uh, a web. Uh, series coming out, Vaporous, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I played a hot dog vendor. Not exactly <laughs> one of the main roles in the show, but uh, it was fun nonetheless. Right. Uh, you know, weird sci-fi, uh, you know, project. That's cool. How would you get involved with that? Uh, the woman that did it, uh, Christy Ullman, she uh, came to one of our events for uh, minor consideration. And uh, she and I started talking, and she mentioned it, and she's like, hey, you know, if you'd like to do this, you know, I would love to have you in the cast, blah, blah, blah. And I said, listen, you're supporting, you know, something I believe in, so sure, why not? You know, and that was pretty much how it happened. Right. So how did you uh, also get involved with uh, a minor consideration? Because I see you're the president. Uh, Paul Peterson, who ran it, who still runs it, still there, you know, for uh, well over 25 years. Uh, yeah, he was getting up there in age, and he was looking for, I guess you would say, new blood, fresh blood, the younger generation, to come in and continue his work. Um, and uh, after chit-chatting with him several times, it just kind of happened. You know, I've always been uh, somebody who has tried to help people and, uh, you know, helping my cohorts and people of my generation and future generations uh, just to sort of educate them on the pitfalls, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and in some cases, you know, they need a little bit more help than I can provide, you know, be it, uh, you know, for, for issues that they have in life, if they need an attorney, if they need a doctor, these are all kinds of things that we as an organization can do to help them. 
that's that's great. I'm sure your um, your background and your history can certainly uh, help people as well. Well, for thirty years, you know, I've been this. I've been doing this for forty years. If I haven't learned anything that I can share with somebody, you know, I really got to be a dummy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, way back when, I can't believe it's thirty-five years ago since the toy uh, came out. How did you um, how'd you get that role? A lot of auditions. It was a lot of auditions. I mean, I, you know, I had uh, nine regular, eight regular auditions and two screen tests. And, uh, you know, due to a hell of a lot of luck. Uh, and uh, I, I call it luck more than anything else, but uh, they were looking for a particular kind of kid. You know, one that wasn't afraid to sort of just let loose and not be programmed, not be the Hollywood type kid. Uh, you know, I was cast to do it. And you um, you worked with two legends there, and were you intimidated at all working with Jackie Leeson and Richard Pryor? Uh, with, with Richard Pryor, no, not at all. When I when I met him, he immediately took the guard down. You know, like I said, hello, Mr. Pryor. And he said, no, no, my name is Richard Rich Dick. You call me whatever you want, I'm going to answer you. <laughs> uh, he had a certain persona about him that was very relaxing. Right. That, that made it easier. Um, was I intimidated when I met Mr. Gleason? Maybe again for the first minute or so. Uh, but uh, Richard Bonner, our director, had me do some impressions of Gleason that I did. And he started laughing and... The next thing we knew, we were talking, and that was it. Right. What what kind of impressions? Uh, Ralph Crandom or uh, Smokey and the Bandit? Both. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and had a, and I mean, you know, he was he was you know older at that point. Uh, he had put in his time, as they say. Uh, he commanded respect. He he insisted upon respect. Right. And I gave him that respect, and you know, there was an old saying that he hated working with kids and animals. <laughs> um, I guess even though I was a kid as far as my age, my mind was definitely ahead of me in years. So I, I, I dealt with him as an adult, not as a child. You know, and, you know, that's how I dealt with him. Right. Now, now you that. Right. Now you said, like, even though you were a kid, your mind, you know, worked in, as, a, as an adult. Did you pick up a lot of like the kind of sexual jokes in the uh, in the movie, especially your name? Yeah. No. <laughs> that, that department I was still lacking. Right. I was only thirteen when I started the film. You know. I mean, I knew some of them. You know, the the propellers thing with the boobs. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. But you know, the infamous. You know, Jack Brown masturbates. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> right. And that, that whole the whole dinner scene where um, I think Teresa's like boob almost popped out of her dress. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, uh, see, there's, there's the end of that scene in the film um, was uh, uh, where uh, uh, I'm trying to just think. Uh, oh, fancy! What did your boobs look like before? Right. And now the setup to that is three or four or five hours of Gleason and Pryor having fun and, and the innuendos and the boob jokes and all this stuff. 
And at one point, uh, Teresa's left boob sort of came out of her dress. And Denise looked at her and says, uh, 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 Honey, uh, your, your left is more than your right. <laughs> She's like, Huh? He's like, uh, Your left is more than. And he's, and, he's, and he's doing the hand motions, you know? Right. He's doing the hand motions. And I'm, she's sitting right next to me, and I'm looking at him in your hand, you know, your left is more than your right. And she, he's like, honey, you, did you look down? Your left is more than your right. And finally she looked down, she goes, oh, excuse me. <laughs> well, everybody cracks up, so that last little bit, that last line that I have, I could not keep a straight face. It was impossible. It truly was impossible. And, of course, they, they, they shot it, you know, profile on me, you know, over my shoulder to Richard. And I say it, and he spits the water, and you see a little smile on my face. Right, I remember that, yeah. Things that will, as they say, irk me until I'm dead, because I'm, I shouldn't really have a smile on my face. Right. <laughs> but, and, and, it, and it played off well, and it was funny, you know, and more people pay attention to him than to me, so that was good. But uh, that's just one of those little things that, you know, when you're dealing with uh, comedic people, be it an icon, a legend, whoever, uh, when they've got you going for several hours, it's just the ball's rolling down the hill. You can't stop it. Right. Now, what did you take away from both Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason? Uh, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> but I, listen, I just, I learned a lot about filmmaking, about patience, about, you know, being prepared. You know, you have to... Uh, know what you're doing when you come to a set. You know, you have to be prepared. You know, you come unprepared, you get hammered. Yeah, that's that's with everything in life, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So now, um, let's go to the, the Christmas story. Um, are you actually surprised, like, the lasting appeal of that movie? Of course. Everybody is. Yeah, it's a small little film that was a, a project of love for Bob Clark, and the studio had no faith in it. Nobody had any faith in it. It was just a small little movie that we were doing. You know, it took a while for it to... Well, it didn't really take a while for it to catch on. Once it got onto home video... Uh, it was sort of this cult thing. People would ask their friends, hey, have you seen this? No, oh, here. And they would give them their VHS copy. So that got passed around. And then once uh, Ted Turner bought it, you know, and it started running on, on TBS and uh, TNT at first and then TBS, uh, that was really where it, it escalated and just went to a different atmosphere, you know, different stratosphere completely uh, as far as the public went. You know, the, the marathon started and it did the first year and it did okay. It did decent numbers. It did good enough that they said, oh, let's try this again. And then it goes to the second year and the numbers go up. And they're like, okay, well, let's see what happens and we'll do it again. You know, it started 96 by 98, 99. You know, they were getting just ridiculous numbers for a film that was 15 years old. Uh, you know, and I mean, as of a couple of years ago, either I think 14's numbers, 13 or 14's numbers, over 50 million homes in the United States have a Christmas story on during the holidays. Wow. You, that's unheard of for a film that's over 30 years old now. 
Right. Now, do you, uh, do you watch it once a year? I really don't watch it all the way through. You know, I kind of flip it on here and there. You know, I have a few things that I like. I like the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much anything Darren McGavin did, I did. I, I like, uh, but no, I can't watch the whole thing. I, I did that way too much as a kid, so. Right. Now, how, um, how long and how painful, I know that probably wasn't your tongue on the actual pole. I'm sure there was something there or a fake tongue or something like that. But how, how was that scene to shoot? Well, it was my tongue. It was just a plastic pole. Okay. With a uh, little suction tube attached to it. that's really funny is like the fact that while your character's tongue is like stuck to the pole you decide to talk was that kind of like an ad lib or was that in the script you know that was totally ad lib right. that was uh, Bob Clark just said to me listen you're gonna get stuck and do whatever you want right. <laughs> he said you know do whatever you want if I don't like it I'll tell you okay yeah. and I did what I did and uh, it worked. Now, have you gotten any calls from, I don't know, police, firemen, parents that have had their kids try that at home? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, almost, you know, every year, every other year, it's the Chicago Sun-Times, it's a Wisconsin paper, it's a Northern Indiana paper, it's the Dakotas, you know, hey, this kid stuck his tongue in his ball, what do you think? Right. <laughs> And it's like, and I tell them, I said, look, the kid's a schmuck. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we understand the kids want to try something they see, but, you know, I've always said, you know, if you're going to do it, take a piece of ice. Just take a piece of ice, put it on your tongue, look what happens. You see, it gets frozen. That's what it does. It gets stuck. You know, you want to try it with a spoon? Okay, just make sure you have hot water nearby. You know, just take the spoon, put it in the freezer for a while, get it nice and cold, then go ahead. And that's what's going to happen. sure you were surprised but like a little embarrassed about having a statue of that scene erected there's nothing to be embarrassed about man you know there's there's about 30 bronze statues of actors in the entire world i'm not talking about hall of fames or you know the right. academy or whatever i'm talking about statues that were paid for by people donating money because they love something so much that they want to have it uh you know, one in 30. I mean, you just think about that number. You know, how many actors have there been in Hollywood? Tens of thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, 
it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's just an awesome thing. It's, it's something that, you know, will be here way after I'm gone, after all of us are gone. Uh, and there's sort of a, 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 a thing that, that, that nobody else can say. There's no other film in the history of Hollywood that has this, which is really the most hysterical thing of all. Right. There's no other film where three actors, three of the stars of the film, have bronze statues. That's what it is. You know, you can go Casablanca, you can go to Wizard of Oz, you can go to Gone with the Wind, you, I mean, you can pick the biggest films of all time. And it doesn't, <laughs> excuse me, it doesn't exist. But, believe it or not, a film that now is considered very not PC, you know, people, oh, this is wrong with it, slavery, or whatever they want to, you know, it's ridiculous. But the toy, my statue is in Indiana from Christmas Story. Jackie Gleason's statue is in New York from the Honeymooners. Yeah, the part authority, yep. And Richard Pryor has a statue in Peoria, Illinois, in his hometown. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The three of us have statues, which is just, you know... It's, I don't want to say bizarre, but it's just, it's beyond words because, you know, I'm just a kid from Jersey who got lucky, had a little bit of talent, did some fun movies, and I hit the, the right few that worked, that people enjoyed, they love it. Uh, so to be a part of such an elite group of people, to me it's like, you know, I should be bringing, you know, the donuts and the coffee to them, not being you know, they're equal, but in this case, you know, having a statue, I mean, it's an honor, it really was, it was, it was really cool. Right, now... And it, well, it's still there, so it ain't going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Now, as that movie has spawned off so much merchandise, what's, like, the one thing that is, like, you shake your head that they actually made into a product? Scott, thanks for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and good luck with everything else. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun.
And a special thanks to Scott Schwartz for joining us today. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Scott, a.k.a. Flick. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. On iTunes, you can rate and review the show. I'd really appreciate it. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, special thanks to everyone listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.